0: For those that don't know me, my name is Stephanie Brandenburg, and I'm one of the lay leaders here at this congregation. Our opening words today is a poem by Mary Oliver, The Summer's Day. Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean. The one who has flung herself out of the grass, the one who was eating sugar out of my hand, who was moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down, who is gazing around with her, her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearm and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is, I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I've been doing all day long. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me. What is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Please rise as you are able as we light our chalice. This next reading is another poem by Mary Oliver. And it's called The Spirit dresses up like this. The spirit likes to dress up like this. Ten fingers, ten toes, shoulders, and all the rest at night in the black branches, in the morning in the blue branches in the world. It could float, of course, but would rather plumb rough matter. Airy and shapeless thing, it needs the metaphor of the body. Lime and appetite, the oceanic fluids, it needs the body's world. Instinct and imagination, and the dark hug of time. Sweetness and tangibility, to be understood. To be more than pure light that burns where no one is. So it enters us. In the morning, shines from brute comfort like a stitch of lightning, and at night, lights up the deep and wondrous drownings of the body like a star. Our meditation today will be a musical meditation. It's a little long, but I would like for you to um, bear with it because I think it is interesting and fun, actually and it's called God is In by Billy Jonas. So what if God was one of us? Better yet, what if we each held the belief that we all carry the divine within us? Two weeks ago, Reverend Michael Tino spoke to the question, what is the nature of God? With humor, he acknowledged that he was likely to get more answers to his question than the number of people in the room. He encouraged us to consider that we each hold a piece of the truth, and it's in our coming together in community and sharing ourselves, our thoughts, our experiences, that we can find glimpses of the Holy I believe that aspects of the divine lie in our ability to recognize and utilize our inherent gifts, our talents, our strength, our humanity, and love, together in the service of goodness. It is in the sharing with one another, being in relationship to one another, that transforms these jewels that can be found in each of us from being something one-dimensional, to something that has transformative powers. Mary Oliver is quite talented, and she would be just as talented if she kept her poetry to herself for all these years. The true gift is in her sharing her unique and magnificent way of seeing and being in this world. It is in part her vision and ability to eloquently express herself that makes me interact with nature much differently than I would otherwise. I have much more reverence for nature because of her, and I find that I have much more patience with other humans after reading one of her poems. Namaste is a Sanskrit word that's used as a greeting as well as a sacred gesture. One puts prayer hands to the heart, anjali mudra, bows their head and closes their eyes in greeting. It's roughly translated as the divine in me bows and greets to the divine in you. In the Jewish tradition, the Torah is the sacred text that offers spiritual guidance. Rabbi Natan Fenner, who writes in his uh, article, Torah, Torah Study, and Torah Reflections, he writes, Indeed, many Jewish scholars and mystics have understood or imagined Torah as a living stream of teaching, conversation, and illumination, both human and divine, that is simultaneously revealed and transmitted as we study the words and thoughts of our ancestors and sages. Torah study can involve reading and reflecting on biblical passages. It could be a scholarly endeavor. It can involve meditating on a single phrase or word or letter with our soul's eyes. Torah study can also be a conversation with another person about what a text means what it is we are asking or trying to teach, what we find striking or challenging or even objectionable. He continues to say that there is a Jewish tradition that each human being has a spark of the divine within us, and that Torah... And the sense of divine teaching is revealed not only through the written text preserves in our synagogues and libraries, but also in the text of each of our lives. Each human being has a spark of the divine within us, and that Torah is revealed not only through the written text, but also in the text of each of our lives. I really like that. I actually never gave much thought to the idea until about 2004 when this congregation started to actively adopt the philosophy of being what's called a shared ministry, a congregation where we minister to one another, where we use our gifts and talents, whatever they may be. And this is different from the model of there's one minister as a hierarchy that this person holds all the responsibility and that person is solely looked at for guidance, This idea that we minister to one another changes how I experience my involvement at this fellowship and subsequently grew into how I experience myself in the larger world. Committee meetings feel quite different coming from this perspective. Yet it's not really a perspective, it's more, for me, a way of being. Something special happens when I make an outreach call or complete a task thinking I'm ministering to my fellow congregant and perhaps they're connecting on that same level in return. It's no longer something on my to-do list, but a chance for a connection and an opportunity to serve. I don't know about you, but I don't need one more thing on my to-do list. But I really can use all the connection I can get. I grow from these encounters. I'm less lonely. I am more inspired and and wiser, I think. I see this as special and sacred. My battery gets recharged, and I have more to offer this planet. I can continue to go out in the world and fulfill what I believe is my true calling, which is changing the world for good, one person, one relationship at a time. Radically relating, changing the world for good, one person, one relation at a time, is the title of my blog, It's actually the inspiration for this sermon. I see the divine in my office every day. I watch people struggle, change, and grow as they strive to overcome some psychological or emotional or interpersonal challenge. I am constantly amazed by the human spirit, and I see grace and beauty throughout my day. I don't hear people complaining. My experience isn't listening to people's problems all day long. I hear people struggling and working to find strength and creativity to create profound meaning in their life. I am humbled and I feel privileged by the work I do. People allow me to use my talents in ways that help them improve their lives, and these transformations, I watch them spill over into their home life, their children's lives, and the community. So I'm going to ask you a question in a few minutes that I hope you would be willing to answer, maybe even out loud. I think it's most difficult to see the holy in another if we cannot recognize it ourselves within ourselves. So here's my question. Where do you see the divine in yourself? Where do you see the divine in yourself? And if anybody wants to call out, that would be fine. With Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. I think it's easy to find the sacred in another when there's care and compatibility. But what about the person you find utterly offensive? Or worse, a person whose deeds are hurtful or downright harmful? I struggle with this. If you read my Facebook page these past few weeks, you will see my outrage and intolerance at some political figures. It's right there. I do believe I stand on the side of love and justice, but I am quite aware I have been personally attacking some people. My outrage feels right. It motivates me for work and change. Yet, I honestly don't feel very good about my name calling and dehumanizing someone. So what to do? And I've had to ponder this time and time and time again. So my answer is not a complete answer. I can share what what helps me. It is a journey. So this is what helps me. Worshipping a community that nurtures my spirit. I know I need to become still. I need to be quiet. I need to slow down. It is hard to see beauty and connect with divine when we are rushing about. So my practices include, on a good day, yoga and meditation, some level of mindfulness stopping and just being where I am. I also take the time each day to reflect on what it is I am grateful for. I also found that when I am assertive and proactive and take good care of myself in that way and take good care of the things I believe in, I actually have more room for compassion for another person. And I have more ability to be curious about their experience. I feel less reactive. I know that I could take my energies and make good use of them and I can have more space to try to find something that I could connect to that other person's humanity. In essence, without slowing down and being mindful, none of this is possible, at least not for me. So back to the original question. What if God was one of us? What if you lived your life holding this belief that God The holy is in all of us. Try it now. Just sit there and imagine. How do you feel? What do your relationships now look like? How do you see and feel yourself walking in this world? I will leave you with these thoughts. Namaste. While we continue to ponder this, may we also consider this month's um, offering. This month's offering will go to the Mount Kisco Interfaith Food Pantry. And John, now you get to hit the button. It's not. We keep building this impossible facade. Why do we keep trying to turn people into gods when God is in the people?
1: God is in the people.
0: wanted to allow some time today for one of our wonderful traditions here of congregational reflection and sharing so if anybody would like to share thoughts or experiences of of today's service george is going to walk around with the mic
1: thank you stephanie um, any service that includes a responsive reading by Waldo Emerson, you know, I'm, I'm all for. And the, the Transcendentalists certainly have taken their hits, like in the service that you mentioned from Reverend Michael, uh, as being somewhat of the, the, the loner elitist category, not beholden to any simple congregation. And, and that's a fair criticism. But the the last lines of that reading, dealing with the source and the font of our virtue and our genius and our love, is, 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 is very humbling and very, very beautiful. I, I have some difficulty a bit with the, you know, uh, God is in XYZ, whatever it might be, because of the personification issues there, and yet recognizing that the creative force is probably down to the bottom of our last bosun. Uh, and your message is is, is beautiful that you know, we do need to recognize that in, in our enemies as well as our, our friends and those, those we're trying to help um, and the community is, I believe, the way to do that that is the only way that we as social beings can live, prosper and, and, and survive as a group and it just drives home again the point that uh, we all build each other and that's a very important message, I think. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you
0: so I will leave you with these closing words by Barbara Chatham called, And Now We Take Our Leave. And now we take our leave before we gather here again. May each of us bring happiness into another's life. May we each be surprised by the gifts that surround us. May each of us be enlivened by constant curiosity. And may we remain together in spirit till the hour we meet again. And now for our...